On this episode of the 132 Breeze podcast, we have the live post-game reaction from myself and Casey of the Badgers win over Nebraska. Also go into Casey's viewing of the Brewers and the playoffs. Um, Also, special announcement, stay tuned. This will be episode 32.1. Make sure to download episode 32.2, where me and Scott will go over the special guest, Scott, will go over the NFL, a little bit of baseball, and of course, the Kobe gift from the past week. All right, be sure to get sort of listen to both episodes. Episode 32.1, let's start the show. All right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast, episode 32, maybe point one. This is live reaction after the Badgers game, joined by Casey. Casey Badgers win over the Nebraska 41-24. How are we feeling about it? Yeah, it's, uh, well, first of all, live reaction, a little bit less emotional. I think the last one that we did, the last one, uh, live reacts that we did was the Bears Packer game that was nail biting and emotional. I think on on both ends. So hopefully this is a little bit more uh, calm. I guess <laughs> that we. I mean, definitely the game was a bit more calm than than the the last one that we did. Uh, final score forty one twenty four Badgers. It looks comfortable, but did it feel that way, Marlo? Right. No, I didn't. Definitely, especially early on. First uh, first half, first half to say, was it 6-3 at one point? I'm like, what is going mm-hmm. on? We talked about this before. Nebraska coming in, no wins, obviously yep. not up to par. All we want to do is use it as practice and enforce our will. And it just mm-hmm. wasn't happening in the first half. And I was very, very disappointed. Yeah, it started out, as you said, two relatively long drives for the Badgers, but ended up in field goals, uh, going up 6-0, and then Nebraska came back and hit a field goal, going 6-3. And just, we, you know, as we talk about kind of asserting our will, it didn't happen early on. But towards the middle of the second quarter, into the third quarter, I think our our will was rightfully asserted, and we kind of uh, started putting up some points and getting it in some stops. Yeah, it was very... Very Wisconsin-esque, not that I was going into the Big Ten, but kind of, you know, put our wear in where we wore down Nebraska to a, you know, to a point. And, like, Jonathan Taylor wasn't doing much, wasn't doing much, all of a sudden had an 80-yard run that was like, boom, we're yeah. here. This is what we're doing. So, yeah, the offense sputtered at times. Defense still kind of gave up those those big chunking yards, which was has been a concern and. Uh, as the season goes on, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, all in all, we get a W against a, a Nebraska team that we should have. Mm-hmm. Was it the performance that we wanted? Mm-hmm. That's up for debate. But at the end of the day, we, uh, you know, come come across with a, with a large spread win. Yeah, I think if I remember our last podcast, which I should write these things down, my goodness, <laughs> we're professionals here. Mm-hmm. I think I said like something like 35-10 uh, was what I wanted to have happen. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so a little bit better on the offensive end, a little bit worse on the defensive end. Yep. Uh, and I think on the defensive end, at least it comes back to one play that went for 75 yards. But I guess yep. on the offensive end, you could say it went one play 88 yards uh, in our favor. Um, but I think if I'm obviously we're given a game ball, Marlo, I give my game ball oh. to uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yep. I mean, I don't I don't know where else you go with that. Yeah, uh, he ended up with uh, 24 rushes for 221 and three touchdowns. As you mentioned, he had the 88 yard run, which was uh, I don't know. I, dare I say Heisman moment? Oh, that run! That run was yeah. That run was so dope because it was typical run through the tackles, mm-hmm. knock off two defenders, and he's to the house. Yeah, and knock off was, two defenders, stiff arm one, and yep. then has the speed to pull away for 88 yards. It was a great, a great play. And at a point in the game where I was, I shouldn't say worried, because we, I think we were still up 10 at the point, at that point, but like, Mo, Big Mo was kind of changing a little bit, and I was yeah. a little bit worried, and then yeah. he just shut the door on the game right. with that you run. You know, at, at no point in this game was I worried. I was more worried right. about being in, like, impressive win. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I was no point of like I was at no point of this game was I worried that we were not going to win. I was just more, you know, in coach mode. Like we should be winning by more. Yeah. At the narrative, yeah. thinking about the narrative. Exactly. Yep. I guess. Well, you say you weren't worried that the game was in hand, which I agree. There were some worries I think that popped up during the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spielman for Nebraska had 209 yards, breaking his own record of 200 yards uh, for the most yards for Nebraska receiver and most yards against a Wisconsin defense. Uh, the announcer seemed very confused, and he seemed to think that happened in two week, the last two weeks. Uh, and the other announcer kept trying to correct him. It was very biz- confusing how confused the announcers were and what was happening. Uh, but it was a little concerning, I guess, from our end that. Uh, we give up that amount of yards, but I guess 75 of that was on one play. Can I tell you how relaxing it was to be in the stadium with any sort of Nebraska fan trying to talk trash? No. Well, I mean, you can tell me. I don't. <laughs> I would tell you. So I, I, get in, I get in the stadium. I think it was the first field goal. Yeah, yeah. the first, it was first field goal. Uh, they're going to hit it, and there was another one. There was someone stood up and was like, oh, where was that during BYU? Why was that not there? The Nebraska fan talking this. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Where was anything you've ever done? Oh, wait, you don't have a win. Yeah. Sit down. And it was just so easy. It was so easy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's usually not the case with, with any, you know, I mean, even name a team coming in, at least they have some sort of win. Mm-hmm. And it was just so easy just like to shut them down. But... I nice. think that was the un- unnerving part was any sort of window that Nebraska had. I'd already talked too much trash to everyone that if they came back, I, I would not be able to show my face yeah. in Camp Randall again. Well, I mean, <laughs> the Nebraska fans probably wouldn't be there, so you'd be all right. <laughs> yeah, totally fair. So I think the secondary showed some uh, weaknesses. I talked about uh, Spielman's big day. Um but the one question I have for you, Marlo, on mm-hmm. the targeting call oh, yeah. against Nelson. I guess first I want to talk about it being a, a targeting penalty. And then yeah. second, like the, 
I guess, repercussions of the penalty. So first, yeah. uh, the way I saw it on my television is they just ran into each other mm-hmm. and both fell over. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that's a penalty. Yeah. So seeing it in real time at the, at the stadium, you know, it, was, it looked like a violent hit. Yeah. But I couldn't, I couldn't tell from where I was sitting if that was. So looking at the replay, which is probably the same replay you got from the television, mm-hmm. it was definitely... You know, it was definitely a helmet to helmet, but at the same time, it wasn't like crown of the helmet launching. It was someone trying to make a play running inside of the helmet, going inside the helmet, which is technically yeah. a helmet to helmet. But like, how do you, in my looking at that, is like, how do you not not do that while you're right. trying to make a play? And I agree with you. It doesn't seem like a, a malicious play. But are they making the right call? Because that's that's the rules, right? Helmet sure. to helmet to fix. So it's like it sucks. I felt bad for the player because was was that in the first half or second half? The second remember. half, and that's yeah, what we're talking about. The second, yeah. So he's out. He's out the second. He's out the first half of the next play, of mm-hmm, next mm-hmm. game. Yeah. And but at the same time, he's just trying to make a play, and he wasn't trying to make. He wasn't. Tr- he wasn't trying to be malicious. He was just trying to make a play. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he was even trying to hit the the wide receiver. He was just running to make a play on the ball, and they both happened to run into each other. Yep. And I get the rule, and you can call it a targeting, sure, and he's sure. But what what I don't get is why he is penalized into the next game. Yep. Why that's that's the rule that doesn't make yep. any sense to me. There's no other penalty that carries over. No other. Th- anything that carries over into the next game uh, except for this target penalty in the second half. And I don't understand why that is the case. That seems foolish. And I, I, I guess I'm bringing this up because it specifically hurts my team as we go into a big game next week against Michigan, which maybe we'll talk yep. about in a minute. But we're thin at safety and our starting safety is out because he bumped into, bumped into another guy's head with his head. Right. It seems It seems harsh. Right. No, it's very harsh because it was like it was the side of the head at the sideline. Like, at, at, when you look at it, even slow motions, full speed. How do you not make that yeah. play? Like, how do you not? How do you get away from not making what he did? Right. Right. How do you not hit head? Basically, how do you not hit heads? And that's the most frustrating part. And I, I, we, I think, I think we're both in agreement where we understand where they're trying to go with the rule, what they're trying to do, but at the same time these type of things are detrimental to a team, to a player where they're just making a play and it's not necessarily malicious, but now right. they have to sit out for half of football because they were trying to make a play. Yeah. It's there. There are ones where you can say, you know, it's malicious and you're, you know, targeting your endangering the other player. I don't think that, Scott Nelson was endangering the other player with his play today. But that was the call. Uh, I guess we'll have to live with the repercussions. Yeah. Uh, we survived this half of football, and we'll have to deal with it next week. Um, and, Marlos, we talked about the worries in the secondary. Uh, there <laughs> were three opportunities for the secondary to make big plays, mm-hmm. and all three of them went through their hands. And is right that through a, their hands. Is that a good sign that they're there to make plays or a bad sign in a sense that they are not able to make the plays? It's 
well, when you have three chances and you don't make any, it's a very yeah. bad sign. Over three, it's tough. Yeah, as 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 a Bears fan who saw a DB who could have made a play that may or may not have ended a game against the Packers. Yeah, I will say that it's a you, you got to make those plays because at you know when it comes down to it, when it comes to a close game and the margin of error becomes slimmer and slimmer. Mm-hmm. When those opportunities become a part of you, you gotta you gotta take advantage of them. Yeah, it seemed like our secondary wasn't ready to do that yet. Maybe that's that inexperience that we often talk about. Yeah, but uh, one of them was Dakota. Yeah, <laughs> I know yeah. you. Do. I know you want to. I know you don't want to. Well, he had no. He not only had that. He had on their touchdown uh, pass. It went. He went out for the ball and got beat to it by their tight end. He had two uh, ball ball playing. I don't want to say errors, but positions he could have made a better play on the ball and he didn't. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, but that does speak against it being a, a experience thing. So Marlo, next week we yep. travel to Michigan. Not yep. us, us personally. No, I'm not going. We, Are you going? We won't. No, I will not I'm be not going. going. Yeah, I'm not um, to Michigan, but the the rest of the team. See how I did that? Like we were part of the team, but the rest of the team's going. <laughs> the rest of the team's going to Michigan. It'll be a a tough. I I can't imagine uh, any other way to describe it, but a tough game against Michigan. Uh, they'll be ranked, I think, in the teens. We'll be ranked in the teens. Um, yep. No, we'll probably drop. <laughs> well, uh, somebody won. I'm like, oh, they're going to jump ahead of us. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, we might drop a spot or two. Yeah. Uh, Texas won. Texas won. That's who's going to jump ahead of us. That's yep. right. Uh, they're back. Texas is back. Texas yeah. is back for real. Officially. You want to talk about that real quick? Texas Tex- and Tiger, back. Texas and Tiger are back. Texas <laughs> with the rev the Red River shootout. Yeah. Great game. Great game. Come back with how does that team lose them? So oh my god, real quick. Yeah. All right. We'll we're not gonna spend more than like thirty seconds. All right. But I know the whole we- thing next week is Texas is back. They're probably top ten. But uh, they freaking lost to Maryland. Yeah. They lost to Maryland. And just putting into our perspective. Yeah. Is a Maryland loss worse than a BYU loss? Uh, they're both bad losses. They're both bad losses. We're already at we're already at thirty seconds. Yeah. Okay. But they're both bad <laughs> losses. But they're I'm saying if if Texas has a path to the playoffs, so do we because we have the opportunity to beat Michigan, Penn yeah. State, and Ohio yeah. State. Yeah. Going well, forward. Yeah. If we if we win all those, we had they had their big win. We have an opportunity to get right. two to three so, big wins. Wisconsin is back. We have a path to the playoff. That's my I think, official stance. I think Wisconsin's back. <laughs> because Texas is back, we're back. Right, uh, exactly. Sure. Uh, if we, if we, I mean, it still stands. If we went out and win the Big Ten, uh, there's a playoff spot there for us. And I think if Texas is the same, there's a playoff spot for them. Um, how they lost to Maryland, I don't know. Wasn't that like lightning? Like disrupted, yeah, it, was or like my, a, it was like a six-hour game. Yeah, that so that's kind game. of bizarre. But in some, Maryland's beat them like two or three times in a row. It's crazy. Yeah, but it's Maryland. I know, I know. It's <laughs> it's very it's very bizarre. Um, but it that was a that was a, a heck of a game, and I think the story more isn't how good Texas is, is how bad Oklahoma's defense is because Oklahoma, I feel like they could score every time they had the ball, but their defense gave up everything. If they're going to be a you know, 
a championship contender. How do they let that happen against Texas, who, as we said, lost to Maryland? Yeah. Um, all right. That's enough. That's enough. Big 12 talk. Nobody's yeah. tuning in for that. <laughs> At Michigan next week, Marlo, I have yeah. a lot of concerns. I'm very worried. Yeah. Um, I don't have much more to add than that. Uh, I hope Jonathan Wait, Taylor... which part? Which part are you worried about? Offense or defense? I'm worried about defense. I think offense will be fine. Um, I mean, Michigan's really? ha- Michigan's handled their last two opponents, but they've been they played Maryland today. Who we, you know, as we talk about Texas losing them, aren't very good. Um, and I think they lost. Uh, they played the week before. Doesn't matter. Probably. Were, oh, they played Northwestern the week before. Uh, and handled that game well. Um, I don't know. I think I just feel like the running game will be there. Hornybrook just needs to be average, and the defense just needs to make stops. And if that happens, we will win. The one of those three things I worry about the most is the defense making the stops. Wow. So I'm I'm complete opposite. I am more worried about scoring against Michigan's defense. I am about stopping Michigan's offense. The reason is, I feel like Michigan's Michigan's defense is built to stop Wisconsin's offense. Okay. And our defense is built to stop a Michigan offense. Right? So, but I'm more I'm more worried about the the dynamic the dynamic players on Michigan's defense. Uh, you know, stacking the box, stopping stopping Jordan from doing what he does and making Hornybrook do you know, make plays, which he can. I just hope he shows up that Saturday yeah. <laughs> to do it. So, Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm just looking through the points Michigan has given up against yep. other teams. It's yep. uh, relatively low. Yep. Relatively low. I think yep. you threw this on an average as I do this in my head, probably about 15, 16 points uh, off the top of my head. Uh, so more, maybe more of a stout defense that I, uh, had anticipated when I started talking about this, but, uh, I, I don't know, just seeing the yards we gave up to Nebraska today, I am more concerned. We do that again against Michigan than our offense that I feel like Paul Chris can figure out and we'll get yeah. yards. Yeah. I, you know, either way, I mean, another, here we go. Another night game. This is what yeah. I guess it was. Con- this is what the season we're gonna do. We're gonna be prime time. Yeah, prime time at the big house. Yeah, it'll be yeah. it'll be packed. It'll be loud. It'll be packed. It'll be loud. We'll see if we can stand up to it. Another horny brook test. Yeah, should we say? Yeah, I hope they come out. I think. You know, I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. I think it's gonna be much. I think it's gonna be much like the Iowa game. Yeah, it's gonna be you know very gritty. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. So let's call it. I'll call it right now, right? All right. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to go 17-10 Wisconsin. All right. I go 17-14 Michigan because I'm a negative negative Nancy. You are. You are a negative Nancy. Um, now we've got that Michigan game out of the way. Let's yeah. go back to the game ball. You gave it. To, <laughs> you gave it to. Yeah. Um, Horny, uh, I mean, sorry, you gave it to Taylor. Yeah. Obviously, I'm giving it to Taylor. Yeah. I just love the way, just going back, love the way he busted out that late run, 80-yard run, off a shoulder, off a shoulder, stiff arm to the house. That's what I wanted to see. That's what I need to see. I'm glad I was brought to the house. Yeah, it definitely uh, 
dare I say, it felt like a Heisman moment. I mean, it put this game out of reach for Nebraska. I think we talked about that earlier. Uh, and just was a one of those highlight reels that I, you know, as I think about as they're sitting there, the final three in the Heisman in New York, that's that's one of the highlights that will be there, including the one where he runs it for BD Michigan next week. That will also, <laughs> that will also be there. As I just predicted, we'll lose. Yeah. But that's me being negative. Yeah. So, but Marlo, so we, speaking, before, oh, yeah, speaking yeah. of negative, speaking of negative Nancy's, speaking no, of no. being negative. Last time we talked, yeah, you had talked about the Brewers making it to the playoffs and it being over in two days. No, wait, 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 wait. In, in two games. All right, yeah, yeah. Right? That did not happen. That happened for someone. Oh, it did happen. For <laughs> it someone. did happen. For... It did happen for a certain, for, a certain team. For a fan base. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, going back, I think it was Monday. Uh, Monday, the Brewers and Cubs played to decide who would win the NL Central. The Brewers ended up winning that game. Uh, the Cubs lost it. And then the Cubs went on to play the Rockies for the and a wild card. And the Cubs lost that. So after, I guess, my worst fear was realized by Cubs fans. Absolutely. And I'm not going to lie, it was probably the greatest three-day span I've had in a long time. As a, as a White Sox fan. As a White Sox fan. Since 2005? As a Brewers Foster fan. Yeah. Just watching that whole thing play out with two, two days, not only, not only the Brewers coming back yeah. and forcing it, which we talked about, right, but also winning it at Wrigley. Yep. And then having the Rockies coming at Wrigley and winning that. So having two different teams celebrate on their field yeah, in Wrigley in two days and having them knocked out of the postseason. Oh, I'm just going to say it. Take that, Dan. Take that, Dan. Yeah, there was, uh, I think, for the Brewers, uh, specifically as we, if we talk about celebrations, they clinched the playoff, verse, playoff uh, spot. At Bush Stadium, so they got to drink their Miller Lights at Bush Stadium. That was fun, and then they clinched, obviously winning the Central Division at Wrigley Field, and then uh, the Miller Lights flowed there as well. And then the Rockies brought their Coors Lights <laughs> into into Wrigley Field, and that yep. flowed in the visiting locker room. So it has to smell like a a, f- a lot of domestic I, beer. Just flowing. I would say, dare I say, our frat former frat basement. <laughs> uh, in in the Cubs uh visiting yeah. locker room. Yeah. So. The one thirty two Breeze basement. Yeah. Stale cores originals and <laughs> smells just like uh the Wrigley visiting uh clubhouse. Yeah. Uh but uh going back to the game and if I can talk about how I watched it as a fan, Marlo. Oh yeah. Um it was during the day, so it was I was at my uh, normal job, you know, not my, not, not, not this, not this not, one, not this high paying pod, pod podcast. Job. Yeah. Not, th- not this one, my normal, my normal day job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was uh, listening to the Brewers broadcast uh, on the internet radio because <laughs> that's how I wanted to listen to it. Uh, and there was a, a couple people behind me who were listening to it and their feed was ahead of mine. Oh. So anytime anything happened, good or bad, I would hear their reaction first, a subtle yes or no. 
and then I would you know to listen a little closer beforehand, and that was fine. I stomached it just fine, but then we have a, a TV in our office that's uh, in a, a lounge area. And apparently, at the end of the game, a large crowd had gathered there. And this is when it was 3-1 Brewers. There was a runner on. First or second, Rizzo was at the plate on my feed. And then all of a sudden, there was a loud cheer. And I went, and I just went, yes, we did it. And then I thought, wait a minute. I don't know who they're fans of because I live right on the border. <laughs> and maybe there are Cubs fans populating that, and they just tied it up. So I had a moment of dread, and I was like, "Oh no, I have to," you know. And then I listened and, and figured out the he had popped out, and the Bruce had won. But it was a, a very weird, like, different time of when people are getting information. I'm, you know, I should have just gone home and watched it. I don't know why I was still sitting at work. Yeah, on Monday, but uh, I yeah, don't know so, why you're sitting at work either. I think. You know, it tweeted Just, out a tweet out a gif of 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 you of yeah. what I thought was you sweating at work, and you know what I saw? I found that gif, and I was like, "No, that's probably actually Casey at work." Yeah, yeah, no, I was uh, I was doing that. I was uh, standing the whole time and walking around my small cubicle, in and out my cubicle, and being very nervous. Listen on my uh, my earphones. It was it was weird. Although the Cubs fans, you know, bless their heart, uh, our friend Dan tried to reverse jinx us uh, when the Brewers went up two to one. He said, "Good game, well played. You guys are the better team." Totally attempting to reverse jinx the Brewers and have the Cubs win, but it did not work. Take no, that, take that, work. Dan, for the take second that. time on the podcast. <laughs> uh, so the Brewers moved on, and they are now facing the Rockies, um, and they're now two games up. And I was actually there in person in the flesh, Marlo. For the first game of the series, and it's the first playoff game I've ever been a part of, and it was quite a different experience. I think back at my being at baseball game history, and I feel like I was in relatively important games. Like the, I have to go back, you know, seven, eight years for that to be true. Um, but I feel like I was at some games down the stretch that mattered, but never a playoff game. And it was definitely a different experience uh, than a, than a normal game. Uh, although I would have to say the beginning of the game, I think it was a little bit more toned down than it otherwise would have been because the all the Brewers fans knew it could have been Brewers Cubs, and we were just kind of relieved that it wasn't that. If that makes sense, like that would have been way more stressful than uh, a Brewers Rockies series and we were all kind of relieved and I think a little bit more docile as far as uh, the playoff atmosphere went at the start of the game and then as the game went on we I went to game one if I didn't mention that uh, yeah so wait well, hold on you went yep. to game one how did you get tickets first of all through, through work it was through work oh, right I was uh, deemed important enough <laughs> to you know to get a work ticket look at your fans fans Work yeah. gives you tickets. Now, yeah. do you believe if the Cubs had, if it had been Brewers Cubs, would you still have gotten those tickets? No, I would not. <laughs> I'd say uh, I was going to have a percentage, ten percent chance I would have gotten those tickets. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have. No, they would. They would not have trickled down <laughs> to my level, my level of work. Gotcha. Um, so, to that end, thank you, Cubs, again. Uh, so the the game went. It was I felt abnormally comfortable because the Brewers were in control. Uh, Yelich had a 
two-run home run in the third. And the Brewers, I think, gave up one hit until the eighth into the eighth inning. And I was just feeling great. I was feeling comfortable. I was wait, you know, no, Casey was feeling comfortable. I was feeling him. comfortable. I'm having conversations with my coworkers. No. You know, uh, having a, having a good time. And then uh, the ninth inning hit. Jeremy Jeffries came in. I tweeted out, "Here comes the closer to close it out" or something stupid. And he did not. And then the nerves started. We went to ten innings. I chewed off all of my fingernails. <laughs> And uh, uh, Mike Mustakas hit a, a game-winning RBI to win it in the tenth, and it was may- way more stressful than it had to be. And then it took us like forty-five minutes to get out of the parking lot, and it was terrible. Um, so wait, did you get a did you get a towel? I have a towel. It's somewhere. Did you wave that towel. So that was I actually you know so it was actually a really good scene from TV. I don't know if you've yeah. seen it. The the waving of the towels in uh, in the stadium. It's actually a really, really good scene because it's it's one of those things where you could tell just from the it's weird you could tell just from the scene of waving the towels how enthusiastic mm-hmm. people are and excited yeah. that this is happening right now. Yeah, it's uh, I took I, I guess a couple of videos or photos of uh, the stands waving the towels, but where I was, Marlo, <laughs> not the most towel waving crowd. Let's say. Okay. And it was a little bit a little bit annoying. Like I was when everybody stood, maybe the section that was the last to stand. I don't know. It was a little bit annoying. But I have my towel. And I will wave it throughout the playoffs. But I didn't much at the game. <laughs> you conform to everyone around you. I was like <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Not a great fan. Uh all right. So Brewers won. Through two games now, they are up two games to zero. Um, pitching's been great. Uh, Calderon has scored two runs, uh, I guess, through 19 innings. Um, and the Brewers have left a lot on the table. It's been a lot closer than it needed to be. I feel like uh, Kane has and Braun have yet to get started in the playoffs, and those are two, obviously, of the Brewers' more important players. Uh, but there's been good signs. You know, Yelich has been amazing. Uh, uh, throughout the year, uh, it's been such a joy to watch him play uh, baseball. I think it's taken my appreciation or enjoyment of baseball, his ability up to another level. And then uh, Musakis. So, Moose. So, yeah, go ahead. So hold on. Going back to Yelich. Yeah. I'm going to stop you right there because MVP. This is, yeah. MVP. Right, right. right. So this, is, this, is, this question has come across the table. All right. At this moment, right? The how is it spread? Not maybe not the. Oh yeah, the. I'll just put it this way: at yeah. this moment, the who would you take as a player in Wisconsin? <laughs> Yelich, Aaron Rodgers, Giannis, and we'll throw Honeybrook in. Nah, and Honeybrook Brook. going for as like as the t- as yeah, as I mean right now, right now as being the best. At what they do for Wisconsin sports. I mean, my God, what a, just this question? If I can take a step back yep. and bask in the glory of this question, yep. what a what a moment to be a Wisconsin sports fan. I uh, saw a tweet earlier. I I retweeted it for those of you following at Prof Badger fan, um, and it was something like the bad or Wisconsin sports are undefeated this week. Uh, now Wisconsin has won. The Packers won. Brews have won three straight. 
Um, maybe the Bucks one. I don't know. Did that start already? I'm not sure. Um, still in preseason, which doesn't. I mean, if you have to rank them in Wisconsin, Aaron Rodgers is by and far still the most pivotal, important person. Um, Dude, and like I, Yelich, what is Yelich? Have you seen his last, like the last three four Aaron, months? Aaron Rodgers is the best. No, I, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, you can't. This Yelch is, is amazing. This, this is this see this is why this is why this question is so great because everyone in Wisconsin, I understand the love for it. I love I understand the love for Aaron, and I understand what he's done for the Packers. But Yelich, have you like just bask in the glory of what he's done? It's it's more so the the, I mean if you if you compare the two, a great quarterback is far more important than a individual. Okay, but that's not. I agree with that, but that's not the question. And that's not the question. There's not the question of importance to the to. The, it's not a question of the position importance to the team. It's about. I thought it was I the greatness was f- of what is happening right now. Right, Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers is on one leg. I mean, my God. <laughs> And still, when he's going to be tough, I knew. Okay, and still, when he football, I knew you're going to go this way, anyways. But I just wanted to. to, to so I would. Out. So at this moment, I would lean towards Rogers. If Yelich gives me a World Series trophy, he can. Right. So I'll, we'll revisit. We'll I'll revisit. get a big. I'll, be, I'll get a big fat head. Put him on my bedroom <laughs> wall. How about that? But he's so fun to watch. He's so good. Uh, his play discipline is amazing. He makes. Uh, the pitchers pitch to him, and then when they do, he punches them. It's it's so fun to watch. And if freaking Kane can get on ahead of him and Braun can capitalize when he does walk, it is a completely different series. We feel much more comfortable, and that's what I expect to happen in Colorado. I think if we look ahead to uh, the series continuing in Colorado, the next two games are there. I would be disappointed if the series came back to Milwaukee. So I guess I'm expecting a split there, if not just winning in game three. So through uh, two games, the Brewers uh, have relied heavily on their bullpen, and I think they'll continue to do that. They're set up to do that. Uh, Will it hold in Coors Field will be a question. Um, But I think the Rockies pitching staff has to also answer that question against a Brewers lineup that, I think could easily profit from being at Coors Field, uh, and Colorado has been talking a lot of smack about being at home and be more comfortable in the cold outside. Uh, apparently, be cold in Coors Field and at their you know used to being in the altitude. But as a team that had a lot of home runs, as a team that while plays in a dome also plays in the NL Central and is used to playing outside, I say bring it on, Colorado fans. Uh, and as uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think we take one or two, hopefully the first one, but if not, the second one, and the Brewers move on. And then from there, we're probably going to face the Dodgers, and God, I hope, I mean, I hope that happens, right? That we, we move on and have to face the Dodgers, but that seems like a tall order. Uh, but general complaint, Marlo. Yeah, yeah well, hold on. Before oh. let, me ask, let me ask you this, because the Brewers, are, they've made a lot of noise, especially with the first game of not naming a starting pitcher and using bullpen pitchers. Yeah. For a couple engines. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you your thought about it, but I'm going to tell you mine because 
I feel like I've been saying this since I was like 10 years old. Like, why wouldn't you just put your best pitchers for a couple innings and then put another good pitcher for a couple innings and then go from that? And I feel like with, you know, the analytics and everything going that way in baseball, they're starting to Mm -hmm. figure it out. And I'm all about going that way. This traditional of, oh, we need a pitcher to go to six, seven innings and then we'll bring in relievers, closers, whatever. Yeah. Just put a couple good pitchers in and, and make shit happen. How do you feel yeah. about it? All right. Well, first of all, I guess my comfort in going that way, if you're talking about going any the inning pitcher, yes. But if you're going matchup to matchup pitcher, that annoys the crap out of me watching the game <laughs> where you go lefty to righty, that kind of thing where you're changing pitchers. It messes pitchers. the flow up. I'll give you that. Yeah. Mid-inning changes, I don't like. But if you want to give a different guy each inning, uh, I get that. And that makes sense to me. Um I think the why you wouldn't do that is what we saw uh, from the A's in the wild card game. If you're talking especially in playoffs where maybe just one of those five guys or six guys you pitch just doesn't have it. Whereas when you have a specified starter who is you would hope pretty good because you're on a good team, you're in the playoffs, they can cover a lot more innings and you'll presume that they're good. And if they're not, you can yank them early, and then you're maybe splitting the difference of the two arguments. Um, but to be able to have, like, uh, you know, if I look at the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, I think he went eight innings yesterday, and just go, like, he's probably going to be good for five or six is way more comforting than being like, we're going to put out Brandon Woodruff for two, maybe three, and then Corbin Burns for two, and then, like, Clayton Kershaw is less likely to mess up over the five innings than my three pitchers alternatively would be to mess up over those five innings, I think, is the counter. I don't know if that makes sense. Made sense to me. All right, no. I yeah, I get that. I just wanted to get your I wanted to get your take on that because it seemed to be since the Brewers did it, it seemed to like sweep the whole uh, yeah, major no, and, baseball the, playoffs. and it's and it's working for them. It didn't work for the A's though, and I think it, I think the difference is if I can try and restate my my point is that when you start a starting pitcher and he messes up, you or you know whatever gives up two runs in the second or three in the third or something, you kind of go okay, he'll work through that and he'll be fine. Whereas if that happens to your bullpen guy you have to pull them and then you're relying on other bullpen guys down the line that you otherwise wouldn't rely on. Um, and bullpen guys aren't able to correct themselves and aren't don't have the leash to be able to do that. And while it's working for the Brewers and uh, maybe some other teams who are going to the bullpen earlier, uh, I think it's, it's a higher risk reward than just, I guess, if you don't have the talent, right, then you might as well do it. Um, but the Brewers are definitely in a position where they don't have that front-end talent, uh, which may not matter against the Rockies in this series, uh, but maybe when we go into the Dodgers where they have three really good starting pitchers and can get to those later innings um, without using their bullpen, it might start to wear on the Brewers' bullpen where we're doing more matchups and relying on guys who usually go less innings. I don't. I think this is a, a question that baseball is facing. Right in general, um, what is the role of a starting pitcher versus bullpen? How soon should you go to the bullpen? Um, is a, a yeah. greater baseball question. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, and it's 
in a collidence of old school versus new school analytics versus gut. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, de- and it depends on the organization and where their their skipper is versus the general manager and how they're going. So it's very interesting that um, Milwaukee did that, pulled it off, so and far. if they continue to do that and see yeah. where that goes from here. Yeah, I mean, the, they, I think uh, opening Bay Woodruff pitched a couple of innings and then Shosin didn't even make it through four, I think. So they've been definitely a, a short lease on that. So we'll see where that goes uh, going forward. Barla, as we go forward in watching baseball, at least as fans, have you been watching any of the TBS? They have the AL games. Uh, have you been watching any of their broadcasts? So uh, I'll be honest, I haven't. I've watched nothing with sound, so I'm probably not the the best. Oh, well, it's probably yeah. it's probably even worse for you then, because so on the TBS broadcast is my big complaint. Are you ready for it, Milo? Casey's I'm big so complaint. Good. New oh, segment. Oh, 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 new segment. Casey's this could be a segment. Complaint. I have things. I have plenty of things to complain about. <laughs> they have. So on on the screen display, if you're watching it um, without sound or even with sound, they have you know the general you know outs who's on, you know runners on base that kind of graphic. They have the pitcher's name and his pitch count, but they don't tell you who the batter is. Wait, what? I it doesn't say who the batter is. Now, as an, as an NL guy, <laughs> I don't know who the players are in the AL. I mean, I do. Right? I watch a lot of baseball, but whatever. But specifically when I'm watching Yankees Red Sox, they also don't have their names on the back of their jerseys. It's just numbers. I don't know who people are. I know Judge and I know Stanton and you know who you know, a handful of players on each team. But they don't tell you who's up to bat. And that seems like the... Second, third most pertinent piece of information is just gone. It's bizarre to watch. That's my complaint. I don't know. I don't know if you want to say anything about that. But just put a little bar underneath that says batting, you know, Mookie Betts, number 32. I don't know. I don't know who it is. It's so frustrating to watch. I know like three play. It's just I don't. It's baseball, right? I know numbers. I know stats. I don't know what people look like. I don't know who's up to bat right now. But you give me the pitcher's name and the pitch count. I know who the pitcher is. He's been up there all inning. The batter's changed four times. Ugh, it's ridiculous. All right. Good job, TBS. Yeah. Good job, TBS. You, That's uh, you've Casey's won my complaints. Casey's complaint of the week. It sounded like a lot bigger complaint in my head, but when I say it out loud, I sound like a lunatic. <laughs> hey, you you do you. Stay the course. All right. <laughs> two other things, Marlo. Two other things. All right. Another thing. All right. Freedom Trophy. Ooh. The Badgers won their fifth straight game for the Freedom Trophy. If you didn't know what the Freedom Trophy was, that's what Nebraska and Wisconsin, Wisconsin plays for. Marlo. How is it called the Freedom Trophy? <laughs> Why did this happen? How are we here? All right. So this is, this is how it happens. Um, Nebraska joined the Big Ten. They decided that they need trophy games because that's what Big Ten teams do. Yeah. You presume it, it could be a rival, rivalry, and it could. Right. It yeah, could. And it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It made sense at the time. Yep. And they're like, oh, we need one. And at the time... Make it major patriotic because you can't lose. You can't lose it. Yeah, 
people love patriotism. Yeah, so the Freedom Trophy was born. But if anyone follows me on Twitter, yeah, at Marlo Jr. Nice. If you go back, whenever when when, when did Nebraska actually join the Big? I think it was twenty fourteen. Okay, call it twenty fourteen. You go ahead, scroll back in my tweets. I'm sure there's someone in there. I tweeted at Brett Bilma at the time, <laughs> who was the coach. Listen, that we should have a tr- uh, a trophy game with Nebraska, and it should be for the big red crayon. Nice, and that's because. Wisconsin was the first Big Red. Apparently, mm-hmm. Nebraska claims Big Red, and that's what they cheer on. We don't claim the Big Red. We're just we just are Big Red, right? Go Big yeah. Red. Nebraska red. loves the Big Red, and they'll claim it, and they can take it because whatever. We'll take the rest of the cheers. But we should play for the Big Red Crayon. I don't know because that's I feel like it's a more fun trophy than yeah. You know, we have so yeah, we definitely than a. Uh, Patriotized flag or whatever it is. Yeah. It, I, I I don't know. I, I like the bigger crayon. That'd be funny. I think you know a big Crayola crayon out there that you carry around and you know color the end zone or something with what you win would be fun. Uh, <laughs> maybe just like a bushel of corn or something would be Ooh, corn. good too. You know yeah. something that kind of says like, hey, we both are in this kind of Midwest thing together, other than a arbitrary flag thing, would be fun. But uh, the Freedom Trophy it just it seems so lame. I don't know. Um, so we're now five and zero with the Freedom Trophy, Marlow. After today's victory, uh, we did mention this earlier. We are, are yeah, we're five and zero. We have zero losses. I lost at one point. Uh, we are six of our last six, so it was pretty my memory. Many many moons ago. Yeah, pretty my memory uh, of what I looked up for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. So if we go trophy games, Marlo, for Wisconsin, yep. and maybe we should talk about this during our Wisconsin section. Yep. Uh, so we're five and zero for Heartland, or excuse me, Freedom Trophy. We're six and one in the Heartland Trophy over Iowa, yep. and eight and zero in the big one, Paul Bunyan's axe. Well, eight and zero in the last. Wait, what's the time frame? I don't know. I'm just giving random time frames here. Okay. By the way, for trophies that we have, the last time we, the last time we lost, pun. Paul Bunyan's axe. I have eight. It was on, eight years hold ago. Hold on. Let me give me the stat because I know this by heart. All right. YouTube wasn't a thing. YouTube wasn't a thing. YouTube thing was not a thing. 19 and one out of the last 20 trophy games for Wisconsin. Get on our level. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Um, I feel like I had another random stat. Uh, Nebraska's 0-5. Uh, for the first time since 1945. So that, that was, you know, I guess still, you know, not post-war era. So uh, they're, they have nine losses in their last nine games. That's probably not good. No, so we talk about this, like, because I, I feel like we spent a good time talking about how being scared about Nebraska. Oh, hold on. One more. Okay, go. Since they lost Wisconsin last, <laughs> yep, in 2016, or when they lost Wisconsin in 2016. By the way, this is uh, this is this is Casey stats stats. Yeah, Casey. no, this is this is randomly what I wrote down during the Wisconsin uh, Wisconsin <laughs> game. There were six and seventeen since uh, Sabermetric Casey. 
the last time they oh last time they went to Wisconsin that's what it was the last time they went to Wisconsin they were six and seventeen so last time they lost at Wisconsin in twenty sixteen and then uh, Riley was fired and here they are now losing nine straight and zero and five for the first time since but the the Big Ten announcers after the game Marla, I don't know if you stayed you didn't tune in after the game but the Big Ten announcers were very hopeful they're very hopeful for Nebraska it was like a pep rally for Nebraska after the game. And I guess they had some positive things to say. Uh, and they're like, oh, if only they had played uh, whatever game was canceled against the Cream Puff, they wouldn't be 0-5. They'd be 1-5. <laughs> so they had that going for them. Yeah, at least that. Ugh. I kind of, I've, I don't like to say this for many Big Ten brethren because it's a field of war. I, I feel bad for Nebraska fans. Oh. No, like, I like, don't. I mean, if if I had the expectations of them turning it around this year, I could not imagine what an actual Nebraska fan had expectations for. And yeah. to be where they are right now, mm. could not imagine that feeling. Yeah, I, uh, I I guess I was thinking about this earlier this week as I kind of prepped for this game and then saw that, uh, I guess, randomly that UCLA was 0-4 as well, that, you know, Chip Kelly beat at UCLA. And, you know, oh, we kind of... Chip Kelly's not a good coach. Can we just say that? No, how dare you? Oh, Jim Kelly. I mean, yeah, he beat he beat us, but he had that Nike money at that time, and they were paying oh, players more than they could make right. in the NFL. So, I, okay. <laughs> so, my thought was, how fast can a, a a good coach come and turn around a program? And I was kind of thinking about that, and. You know, are there recent success stories of a coach coming in and turning around a program like day one? Georgia. I mean, I, yeah, Kirby Smart came in and they were they yeah. were immediately better. Yeah. All right. All right. I believe it. I mean, it's but we see. I guess this year. I I guess to continue my thought. You know, we see Chip Kelly come back to UCLA struggling. Scott Frost. You know, the savior coming to Nebraska struggling. Um, we think of um, Florida State's coach yeah. coming in struggling. A&M coming yeah. in struggling. I mean, you're in the SEC. That's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Um, but I guess I guess the different. I guess I I was just saying about struggling, but I I guess it just wasn't to this extent. Like right. Being zero and five. Yep. That's not acceptable in right. the Big Ten in general. Like every big, every other Big Ten team has a win, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, even Rutgers has a win. <laughs> even even Rutgers. Has a win. I don't know who they beat, but they have a win. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like it's like Maryland beats Texas. It's, yeah, Maryland was they're three and two. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is no one expected to this extent? Right. Of Nebraska to be Owen anything. Oh, I have. I guess I have less sympathy for them. Then. <laughs> well, I have zero sympathy for. Them. By the way, I mean, the, they're the nicest fans. Is. They're the nicest fans. They are very knowledgeable fans, and I really enjoy being around them. But at the same time, especially when we beat them. Yeah, exactly. All right, last thought that I wrote down. Ready? Mm-hmm. Terrible hat by Paul Christ in the press conference. Terrible hat. Oh, I didn't see it. You didn't see it. I didn't see it. So yeah, uh, for uh, I'm sure our fellow fans didn't see it. Uh, so it had the W, and then had like kind of like a stitching around the f- premier uh, section of the hat that looked like it was almost like 
half football stitching. It looked really stupid. I didn't like it. So wait, hold on. You are judging. No, well, I'm doing your job. On fashion. I'm, I'm doing your We're job. We're talking about the guy <laughs> who wears the grandpa, the grandpa sweatshirt. <laughs> but he decided to wear a hat, which is out of out of the out of the yeah. No, he wore a hat. His nose was really red. It looked like it was runny, maybe yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and he made really statements of like, yeah, well, we played really hard. Um, he gave he gave a fifteen minute press conference and pretty much said nothing. Yes. It was a great it was a great filibuster by him. Yeah, but done, Casey which, hated his hat. I didn't like his hat. I wouldn't buy that hat. <laughs> I presume he's out there, you know putting hats on that he wants to sell i don't know all right all right we'll pass that along all right badger 16 and 0 when scoring 24 plus points in the paul christ era there we go 16 and 0 more stats more stats i wrote all these down marlo i gotta get him in the podcast (laughs) it's casey stat guy casey stat throwing him off saver measures cast here all right there's not i think it's i think it's fun stuff I've done 518 yards. That's probably not good. I think that was Nebraska. Yeah, you bring the heat. You bring the heat. And that's why we have you on, because otherwise this would not be a successful co- podcast without the stats. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that people want to tune in to hear me rail about <laughs> stat things. All right. Do we have all anything right. else? Cut all this. Cut most of this, Marlo. It was I'll good. try. It was fun. We'll see. I rambled on. This is what we do yeah. when we do post badger game ponds yeah um from what i saying, marlo we'll have a special guest to cover the nfl action yep for our fellow fans um as we record this on a a saturday night so yeah casey apparently has other obligations that he has to yeah. get to yeah normal uh, life things yeah um, well yeah we'll see um yeah as a uh, professional podcaster, it does, you know, I, I put in for my paid time off <laughs> and requested, requested. Uh, the, days, the days off ahead of time. Less than the, less less than 32 hours before. Proper procedures were in place. <laughs> but we're here. But, we're here for you, fellow fans. Yeah. We're going to keep giving you that more, content. Some more we'll bring your special, special guest after this. And you know what? We might as well do it. Casey, you have any last words before we bring a special guest on? All our fellow fans, until next time, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports. (laughs) All right, end of 32.1. Make sure you go over and listen to 32.2 with Scott. I'll go ahead and give you time to download now. Go ahead. Go ahead and download it now if you haven't. I'll wait. Okay. Now go listen to the next episode. You will not be disappointed.